Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good evening and welcome to hour number two of Tiger Tailgate, getting you set for LSU and Mississippi State. The 11th ranked Tigers on the road tonight, 2-0 at Mississippi State. And the boy Herb, this is a, a meeting between two teams that generally in the month of September, this is the one that people point toward for as far uh, as LSU. If they can get by Mississippi State, then it's going to be a good month because you, the likelihood of LSU finishing out the month undefeated, you know they'll be a, a double-digit favorite the next two home games. That would be Syracuse and Troy yep. before they would go to Florida. And Herb, I want to tell you, this could be – this is a big game night in more, more ways than one because I do think unlike in, you know – I think this year is compared to a couple of years ago, and I don't want people to uh, misunderstand me that I think Nick Fitzgerald is Dak Prescott because I don't think he is. I think he is uh, that line of quarterbacks that mm-hmm. Coach Mullen mm-hmm. likes. But my point is when LSU fell to Mississippi State, when Dak and Mississippi State went to number one at that point in time, the year before when LSU beat them, Mississippi State went down the line and they knocked off a couple of teams. I think this Mississippi State team somewhere down the line, Herb, later in the season, whether it be an you know, Arkansas team, an Auburn, or somebody, anybody, I think this Mississippi State team is going to knock off somebody, one or two teams they're not supposed to. And if you have a win against a team like that, that only bodes well for you better. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, with LSU at the present moment playing against Mississippi State this evening, um, it's, it's going. we're going we're gonna to be able to tell a lot after this game, whether mm-hmm. or not we're SEC play ready. Right. right. Um, whether or not we can go on the road and beat an SEC team um, that's confident and that has a great quarterback that can actually play really well under any kind of duress. Um, and with that being said, we have to be able to stop a rushing or a running type of quarterback that's efficient passing the ball as well. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, he's no Dak Prescott, but what he is, though, he's a proven winner. Mm-hmm. Um he doesn't have the exact same team that Dak had when they actually, you know, beat LSU when Dak was, was right. superhuman that day. Um, you know, they also had a really good defense, really good special team, and they were just really, truly that much more confident than we were that particular game. I just don't see that this evening. I think with, you know, with us having you know, Coach Ogeron as a new head coach, Matt Canada as a new and exciting offensive coordinator, um, we're kind of not – really rebuilding but we are reloading if you will Mm -hmm. from last year's team Mm -hmm. and then even the last couple of years of of who we were and who our or what our identity was we're not that anymore we're moving forward into a new era of lsu football and the fans are excited the players are excited everyone around the campus is you know is excited and and not only them the, the 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 former players such as myself we just see a whole different aura around the campus, around the team, around the university that just speaks volumes of, of just success and, and happiness and, and eagerness to play. And, and those guys are ready. And I like what Coach O is doing, which is one of the reasons why I think that when we go into this game, we don't have anything to lose, really. We don't. We can just pin our ears back and we can move forward and just go and just and just hit them in whichever way we deem is the very best way to hit them, meaning whatever they give us on defense and whatever they do offensively, mm-hmm. we need to combat defensively. That's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavid. Time now to go around the SEC, and we'll take a look here early on. Late in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, 10.56 left. It's Texas A&M 38-21 over the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And Herb Tyler, the leading rusher through three 
three games this season for the A&M Aggies. Bussy, baby. Kendall Bussy. He's got, uh, let's see, just picked up nine more yards. So he's getting close to the 100-yard mark here today, around 85 for Kendall Bussy. Former uh, standout at Isidore Newman High. Later this afternoon is number 23, Tennessee, at number 24, Florida. Two coaches that are, you know, they're fans, although Florida's won two straight Eastern crowns, they're frustrated because the the makeup of their head coach is an offensive guy, but they're still like a Will Muschamp Florida Gator team. This is a defensive-laden team. And to me, Herb, when it comes down to it, when you got two offenses that, you know, they've got firepower, I'm always lean toward the team that's got the better defense, and they're at home. I think Florida gets this one. I think so, too. I think Florida, you know, they're playing toward their strengths. That Right now, at this present mm-hmm. moment, their defense is their strength. So they should do that. You know, they have a young quarterback um, or a couple of young quarterbacks, actually, So, which, which they, you know, they're high on Felipe Franks. But at the same time, he's still young. And then yep. he has to develop into that player that they can trust at every point of the game, not just, you know, just throwing the ball deep one time. You know, he has to be able to control the offense. So I think that if I'm a, if I'm a smart head coach, what you're going to do is you're going to lean toward the strength of your football team. And right now on both of those teams is the defense. All right. Uh, Mercer is at Auburn. The Tigers try and bounce back and solidify some uh, offensive line problems. But I think you'll find throughout the season their offensive line is not as bad as it did. It's that Clemson's defensive front is just that good. Purdue is at Missouri in a non-conference contest. Colorado State is at Bryant-Denny Stadium this evening in Tuscaloosa to take on number one-ranked Alabama. Samford is between the hedges to take on the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens this evening. Number 18, Kansas State is 2-0 on the season. They are at Vanderbilt, who is 2-0. The big one in the East is probably going to be kind of like this one in the West. Who can challenge in the East? Out of these two, South Carolina is 2-0. Kentucky is 2-0. South Carolina has not beaten Kentucky in three straight seasons. Can the Gamecocks get to 3-0? If they do, the likelihood of them being ranked next week is very good. And Ole Miss is 2-0. This is an important one for them. They're at 2-0 Cal cross country. This would be a big win for Shea Patterson and company if they go across the country and win at Cal. That's a look inside the SEC. We'll take a timeout, come back, and start breaking down LSU and Mississippi State. Jeff Palermo will step in the huddle next year. This is Tiger Radio, WWL. All right, LSU and Mississippi State tonight. The Tigers are 2-0. The Bulldogs are 2-0. Davis Wade Stadium, Scott Field, and Cal Bell Heaven in Stark Vegas. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director. Jeff, uh, listening to College Game Day today, that's at Louisville. This was one of the last picks they made going into the the big game they showcased today, which was Louisville and Clemson, and uh, it was kind of torn. I want to say it was three to two. Some thought that Mississippi State would win, some thought that LSU would win. You, do you see this as being a tight one? Now, if we go over the last twenty five years, it's they hadn't been that tight many games, but the last three, Jeff, have been decided by five points or less. Yeah, I think this is going to be another tight one. I, I'm going to go with what recent history is, is telling us, that uh, especially when these two teams meet in Starkville, it's uh, it's coming down to the last minute or two. And I think what people are seeing nationally, I think they're really buying into this Mississippi State team. Uh, Dan Mullen's been there around. Uh, he's been there for a long time. He's proven as a head coach. He's done well at that in, in Starkville. you got a good quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald. Their defense has been phenomenal. Granted, the competition hasn't been that great, but they put up some huge numbers. And I think there's still, especially nationally, there's this level of skepticism whether Ed Orgeron is really the right guy for the job at LSU. I think there's some that still look back at his days at Ole Miss or wonder if he's just a defensive line coach and that's it. And Not sure if he can get him coached up for a game like this. But last year on the road, with Ed Orgeron at the helm, LSU played a couple of tricky games, Arkansas and Texas A&M, and they won those games easily. 
I, I imagine they'll come away with a victory here today as well. Jeff Herb here. Um, so, you know, what you just said, you know, it's, it's, it's to me, you know, being a former player and, and listening to people say certain things like, is Ed Ogeron the right guy for this particular position at LSU? The, the, the thing that makes me think that he is is because not, not only is, you know, it's not so much with this particular situation all about the X's and O's for him as a person, which I know he knows a lot of, you know, football and understands everything about it. Um, but what he has done was surround himself with people who are excellent and, you know, have always already established themselves as great offensive and also defensive coordinators. How do you think with him going into Mississippi State, with them having a proven quarterback, with having a, a proven head coach and, and, and Coach Mullen, how do you think he get his guys, and not only the players, but the offensive and defensive coordinators, prepared and ready to go into a Starkville as an away game in SEC, one of his first games? Well, I think Ed Orgeron is the guy, and you got the taste of this on Monday, as someone that really lives off the idea of going on the road with this team and coming away with a victory. I love the idea of mm-hmm. uh, having mm-hmm. the John Deere tractors out there yep. when they were practicing this week to simulate the noise that they're going to hear inside uh, Stark, inside Mississippi State Stadium tonight. So, And you talk about the coordinators, Dave Aranda, and we. I think everybody can agree at this point, he, if he's not the top defensive coordinator in, in college football, he's got to be one, two, or three, mm-hmm. somewhere in yep. that list. So. And LSU has played very well defensively, even going back to John Chavis as a defensive coordinator. LSU, because of the speed, I think, especially in the defensive secondary and the speed that they have at linebackers, they can handle these type of quarterbacks that are your dual threat types. I mean, whoever it's been, there, there has not been, whether it's Johnny Mandel, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it was Nick Fitzgerald last year. LSU has had a history of keeping these type of quarterbacks in check. And while I think Nick, Nick Fitzgerald might be able to hit a few plays on LSU, I don't know if he'll be able to hit enough for Mississippi State to get the win tonight. And to, to echo what you said exactly, I think that, you know, with LSU's defense is their speed on defense, their aggressiveness on defense – Really, you know, that combats that particular type of quarterback, and it kind of makes them a little hesitant about running the ball at those particular guys. Now, with that being said, I, you know, do you see, you know, our defense intimidating um, Fitzgerald enough to create some turnovers or to kind of have him a little timid and a little hesitant about running the ball as he normally would be? Well, I would think Nick Fitzgerald's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I mean, they put up a bunch of points last week against Louisiana Tech, and it was easy for them to get the win in the season opener against Charleston Southern. So you got a very confident quarterback here that LSU is going up against. But this is an LSU defense that I think is is developing a little bit of swagger. Yes, they are. So so many question marks about them. You know, how are they going to – how the, how are they going to be good this year when they don't have Kendall Beckwith, Jamal Adams, and Arden Key is hurt? Well, now you get Arden Key back. You've had guys develop in the defensive secondary like Greedy Williams. The linebackers, Devin White, has been yep. uh, solid. Uh, you, you bring back you because you had so many guys that weren't playing in the first game, and you got a little more depth out there. So you got 17, 18 guys on that defense that 
all know that they can play, and they all know they can play at a high level. And I think because LSU's been able to establish a little depth in these first two games, and uh, it's it's warm and humid. Uh, it's going to be a warm and humid night tonight in Starkville. So I think uh, that depth is going to really help for LSU, if, especially if their defense is on the field a little longer than they have been in the first two games. Jeff Palermo, columnist at Louisiana Network, uh, and columnist at www.com, Louisiana Network Sports Director, at Jeff Palermo, LRN, on Twitter. All right, Jeff, uh, your top two keys to the game and how you see this one shaking out. LSU, a touchdown favorite spotting Mississippi State on the road. Well, I still think let's, we've been talking a lot of defense, so let's talk a little offense. I think it starts with Darius Geis on offense. Uh, they didn't really need him last week. I, I imagine they're going to try to establish the run game to set up the pass here in this game. So Darius Geis getting off to a good start, I think, is key for LSU. And uh, defensively, it would be, I think, also early in the game if they can get a turnover or two. I think LSU really needs to set the tone. Don't give Mississippi State an opportunity to think that they can really win this game. I think LSU needs to take control of this game. And 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 they build up if they can get you know seven ten point lead at least at, at halftime and have that control uh, going into the second half. I think that will help them out a lot. All right, Jeff. LSU Mississippi State. Give us your prediction. I think this might be a, a for today's day of college football. I think a more low scoring game. Um, so uh, I like LSU to win twenty one ten something like that. All right, Jeff. High school football. Where were you last night? Uh, Landry Walker and Warren Easton. It was a low-scoring game there, too. Warren Easton won at 14-12, oh, to 12, and uh, Landry Walker, it's been a tough go for them. They're now 0-3 to the defending 5A champs. But oh, Warren, e- Warren Easton, is uh, they. it's been Neville and Carr in 4A the mm-hmm. last few years, but Warren Easton, I think, uh, has a chance to get back there for the first time since 2014. Yep, and then, Jeff, when it gets to be November, you look at that Landry Walker Ball Club with the non-conference schedule. They, they have non-district schedule. They'll, uh, they'll be someone that you, you better hope that's not around uh, 17 or higher when, on those, yeah. one of those seeds because uh, they'll pop somebody. you got to figure with that talent and what they're coming off of, they're, gonna, they're just going through it. You know, when you lose uh, that many players from a year ago and, you know, the, the guy who led you is basically a snap away from starting in the SEC, yep. your quarterback, so uh, Keontae Thompson – that's going to be a team that people keep an eye on uh, this year, no doubt about it, Landry yep. Walker. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com, Louisiana Network Sports Director at Jeff Palermo, LRN, likes the Tigers and the tight one. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the game. All right. You too, guys. Thanks. All right. Coming Thanks, up Jeff. next, we will go to Clemson, uh, go to Louisville, where, the, where Manny Robinson will be with us. We talked to Manny when we were talking Clemson, and boy, last week you talk about that Clemson ball club. And Herb, man, uh, I, I – Two things that stood out for me last week in watching football, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Leonard Fournette had a huge day, but they had 10 sacks on defense. Jacksonville did in the pros. Calais Campbell had four. And then last Saturday night in uh, Death Valley, the uh, other Death Valley, so to speak, in Mm -hmm. Clemson, South Carolina, Clemson had 11 tackles, uh, excuse me, 11 sacks on uh, Auburn. And uh, Austin, man, he wound up with four sacks last week. Big number seven, uh, Austin Bryant. That Clemson defensive line, that that's one of those shades of, of got the makings of being one of the best defensive lines we've seen in a long time, Herb. Absolutely. It's the season for defensive linemen, defensive ends, and front sevens on defense. So here's what you have to do. You have to know that you're going to have these big, strong, physical guys up front that's going to come after you, and they are relentless in their in their aggression. And what you have to do is just go right back at them as an offensive 
It's around the nation. It's our spotlight big game of the week. Louisville and Clemson will hit on that one next. And then we'll get behind enemy lines with Logan Lowry on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. But first up, here's a CBS update. If you can't score, well, the other team, they can't win. And that's what happened last week in Death Valley. 11 sacks, four by Austin Bryant, the junior defensive end in many field, could be one of the top draft picks in this year's draft. Who knows? Maybe number one. Four sacks last week. Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Cillian Farrell, this entire front seven. Manny Robinson knows a lot about him. And Manny, I'm going back to the Gaines Adams days to, you know, they've been putting out big-time defensive players that gone into the league for over well over a decade now. But as a collective group, collectively as a group, this looks like the best overall group. Front four, front seven, Clemson has had. And, man, I want to tell you what, last week that was just uh, – that was – if you like old school <laughs> defense, Manny, you, in, a, in a day and time when 130 Division One teams, most of them like to spread it out and spread you out, Clemson was having none of that last week. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's the thing about this group, though. They can go old school and just, you know, hit you right in the mouth or they can go, go new school. They have the speed to – to defend guys on that, you know, speed option, all that spread. They have the speed and the depth to be able to do that as well. That's what's so remarkable about this group here, that they, you know, they can do it both ways. Uh, and you got you just got to marvel at that. Manny, when, when you look at this matchup uh, tonight, last year it basically went down to, you know, a snap. I mean, it, it came down to it. This was a, a dog-eat-dog game. Uh, you know, Louisville Road, that big blowout win early over uh, Florida State into Death Valley in Clemson, and that was a, a, a tremendous contest. And, look, that was the one wound up. Clemson wins that one. That you're allowed to slip up a little later down the line against Pitt, and then went on to the national championship and won it. That's how close things are through a season. But – Kelly Bryant, where is he? Is is he had enough under his belt to be in a in a big game like this? I realize he was in a huge game last week, but it's one thing to be in a big one in your own backyard and be in a big one in somebody else's backyard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, it remains to be seen whether he's really handled this uh, environment. But uh, what's encouraging or would be encouraging for a Clemson fan is if Kelly Bryant has been his own man since he really took over this job from Deshaun Watson. You know, that's a, those are big shoes to fill, but he hasn't been daunted by it. And, you know, he's He's a uh, he's a fun-loving guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, how Cam Newton was in in, uh, in Auburn, just in personality. I'm not comparing, uh, you know, parents their playing styles at all. I don't want anyone to get me wrong there, but he's kind of laid back for a guy who was in this position and has uh, all this pressure on him. Supposedly, he's handled it well. He's, he's been his own guy and knows his his strengths that he plays to them. Hey, Manny, heard Tyler here. Look, it's it's been obvious over the past couple of of years. Recruiting-wise, for Clemson, how they've gotten to the status of where they are, but kind of explain to the listeners a little bit of how Dabo Sweeney, let's call it five years ago, if you will, started to get these guys in the, you know, Deshaun Watsons and 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 these guys to start to come to Clemson and and see them as a powerhouse. If they come there, they can compete for a national championship year in year out. As of the past couple of years, Dabo Sweeney has established himself as one of the better coaches in college football. Kind of explain to us a little bit, how did he get to that point, and then how did he convince these guys, you know, that we see now to come to Clemson and play football? Well, the first thing is their, their scouting. They were able to find some guys. With Sean Watson, they were able to get on to him early before a lot of folks found out how good he was, and they developed those relationships. Another thing you hear from a lot of the recruits coming in is the, uh, the environment there, the, the kind of family atmosphere. Um, and it's, and it's, you hear that at a lot of places, but at, at Clemson, I, I can understand that it's, it's genuine. Um, you know, you have 
a day out of every week where you'll show up at a practice and you'll see the, the kids uh, from, from the assistant coaches, their families there. They have dinner together and all that. So um, that the kids kind of recognize that. The, the recruits recognize that. And also, uh, he was able to get the administration to invest in this program that you know they've upgraded the facilities across the board now they're you know they they compete with anybody there um you know any of your SEC schools or even texas um in their facilities so all those things that that entice young 17 18 year old kids to come i think we may have lost mainly there but mainly mainly robinson breaking down that clemson and louisville game for us tonight mainly thank you so much for the time and boy i'll tell you what herb that doesn't get any bigger than that one tonight and i don't know if i've seen a guy that kind of I necessarily say disrespected, but after Josh Rosen and the comeback uh, UCLA had over Texas A&M and what Sam Donald's done, it's almost like, you know, yeah, those are good performances, but through two games he's 2-0, and and he's still got better numbers than both of those is, is Lamar Jackson. It's almost like he's kind of forgot about. But a big performance tonight, though, her, it is shooting right back to the top. Well, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, he's um – He's the guy who won the Heisman Trophy last year. You know, he's the guy who, who everyone is is looking forward to have these astronomical numbers week in and week out, which he is having. The problem is he doesn't play on national TV like these other guys do every every week. So, um, I'm I'm afraid of of, of Jackson. Period. I think he can do any and everything he wants to do on the football field anytime he wants to, except what, when playing LSU, of course, um, which we were the only team to stop him last year in his quest for, for greatness. Um, now, I think the other team that can do that is Clemson tonight. Mm-hmm. So if Clemson takes a, 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 a page out of LSU's defensive playbook from last year uh, and, and utilize the same type of scheme against Jackson, I think they'll be successful. Now, though, on the flip side of that, if you get the greatest play from Jackson, he can really shred you. He's a guy that doesn't play any games when it comes down to play after play after play after play. He's going to try to be successful, whether it be throwing the ball, rushing the ball, and or setting someone up to be successful. That's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavie. Up next, one of our first segments, we go behind enemy lines to get familiar with today's opponent, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Look, Mississippi State, we know their big rival every year is the Egg Bowl. But their fan base, like a lot of fan bases, and look, we know who the big dog is in the conference right now. Yep. As far as who's two, I think that's debatable. And I'm talking about of all the other four, thir- what, 13 teams in this league, mm-hmm. you could debate basically, okay, who is two? Who's collectively in a group among two? With that said, I don't think there's any other school in this conference that draws the attention or other fan bases get up for more when they come to town than LSU. And you'll find that it's something about when LSU goes into an opposing stadium, that fan base gets up for that game more than they do anybody else in the SEC. And that'll be the case tonight. Always. We'll talk about that next. And this gentleman next to me knows an awful lot about that because he lived it. Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavere. We'll continue on WWL. And welcome back. Time now to go behind enemy lines to take a look at today's opponent. It is the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Gentleman that knows a lot about the Bulldogs and Bulldogs athletics covering Mississippi State for the, the journal.com is Logan Lowry. Logan, thank you so much for the time. And LSU and Mississippi State, uh, you know, the games have not been that tight overall, but the last three years could have gone either way, decided by five points or left. Last year, LSU did a good job against Nick Fitzgerald. Early on, what have you seen is different or some different things Nick is able to do? He wasn't able to do successful. I know it's been a couple of games, but what do you see out of him this year you didn't see at the end of last year? 
I really haven't been able to see just a whole lot. I know they talked a lot in the offseason about improving his completion percentage, which last year was only about 54%. It's up to around 60% right now. And I think that was the bare minimum expectations as far as, you know, improving his completion percentage. But, you know, they really haven't thrown the ball just a whole lot because of the lopsided scoring in the first couple of ball games. So I think tonight you'll be able to see just a little bit more of, of how, how much he has improved uh, since, uh, since last season. But I think you'll learn a lot about both teams tonight. I mean, neither, neither team has really played that stiff a competition so far. So I think you'll learn a lot about both sides tonight uh, when they actually play against somebody. And, Logan, when you look at no one-man show, Eris Williams is uh, doing extremely well, 7.6 yards per carry. He's averaging. And then you talk about the guys. Uh, I'm looking here, and, and one thing that I've noticed is the high volume. And it's, it's been a couple of games, but – Man, uh, Nick has distributed the ball extremely well. Some of his more favorite targets are Thomas, uh, both of the Thomases, Derek, uh, Dedrick, and Jordan, and then Donald Gary the, uh, Gray there at seven receptions, uh, 76 yards, and uh, then Gabe Miles. Is that something you're seeing? He's distributing the ball a little more evenly now. Is it hard to kind of lock in on? Or is it if it comes down to a play needs to be made in the passing game, he's got one of these receivers that he'll lock on to. Maybe take us through that. Yeah, I mean – you know, last year they relied so heavily. I guess the last two years they relied so heavily on Fred Ross so much. And, you know, this year they've distributed the ball around. I think 13 different receivers have caught passes this year. Uh, five different players have accounted for their six touchdowns in the past game. And uh, Donald Gray leads the receivers with 76 yards receiving. So they've spread the ball around quite a bit. I mean, Donald Gray is the, the go-to guy in that receiving group. They really just haven't had to go to him too much, like I mentioned, you know, with the, the lopsided scoring so far. But, you know, Harris Williams is, is running the ball extremely well. He, he finished the year last year strong. He had a couple of seniors ahead of him on the depth chart last year and really didn't really come into his own until the, to that late in the stretch last season. But, uh, you know, right now he's averaging 2.3 more yards than Darius Geis is. And, you know, Geis has 34 more yards, but he also has 17 more carries than Harris Williams does. So, Harris Williams is, you know, averaging 95 yards a game and really just haven't, hasn't really carried the ball that much so far. Logan Herb here. Um Coach Dan Mullen and staff, what are they more excited about, their offensive side of the football or the defensive side of the football? Oh, that's easy. That's defensively. I mean, they were they were a train wreck defensively last year. I mean, they were just flat out awful. And, uh, you know, made a change and bringing in Todd Grantham, a veteran defensive coordinator. And, you know, through two games, they've been lights out. I think they've got the number one passing defense in the conference right now. They, they're really tight. You know, on both sides of the ball, you know, the front seven especially has played extremely well. You know, if you look back at that first game, it was Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern didn't even cross midfield during that game and uh, had a couple of safeties. Jeffrey Simmons, you know, two touchdowns last week at Louisiana Tech. When's the last time you saw a nose guard have two touchdowns in the same game? He's just a freaking nature <laughs> athletically. That's awesome. And uh, they played well. Now, now, with that being said, who wins the battle? Um, Mississippi State's defense or LSU's offense? Yeah, and I think the, the opposite of that is, is another good question. You know, who wins between Mississippi State's number one rushing attack versus LSU's number one defense? Mm -hmm, I think it's mm -hmm. going to be a great game overall, you know, in the trenches. Uh, I think it's really two evenly matched teams. I know LSU's ranked number 12 in the country. Mississippi State's receiving votes, not cracking the top 25 right now. I, I think it's just going to be a great, great game, great atmosphere, and, you know, yeah, as Dig mentioned earlier in the show, the last three meetings have come between you know five points or less has decided this outcome, and uh, I think it's going to be another one of those games tonight. It may come down to field goal kicking, which is 
kind of scary for both teams right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, uh, Logan, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the way things up, and I can go back to, you know, a few years ago when Mississippi State came into Tiger Stadium and, you know, that first – in that second quarter when Dak just, just went off, man. I'm going to say four touchdowns in the first half, passing and, and running the football, and then LSU kind of snuck back in there behind Brandon Harris when State kind of got a little ahead of themselves. I think they uh, took the – metal off the pedal so to speak uh, in, in that game and allowed LSU to get back in it was a little closer than maybe than the score indicated but the way that year set up sets up almost the same for state somehow if you're thinking about okay well who can be a team not only in the west but maybe uh, oh look at that club should state come out on top tonight as a dog they have the schedule set up to where the next few weeks you talking about being going from being unranked to being close to a top 10 team because you got number 11 tonight number 13 next week, and then number 15 next week, uh, the week after that, both on the road before you come home uh, against uh, BYU and Kentucky. So mm-hmm. things are setting up uh, well for State if they can pull off a few wins in the next couple of weeks. That's right, yeah. In 2014, State was you know not even ranked when they went down to Baton Rouge, and that was kind of Dak Prescott coming out party. Mm-hmm. They played a few games before then, you know, really didn't know a whole lot about them. They won and looked impressive in those games, but you really didn't find out what that team was made of until they went down to Baton Rouge. And, and, you know, it's the same thing this year. You know, Mississippi State's played two cupcakes to start off the year. They play a ranked opponent tonight. You know, they knocked off three straight ranked opponents in 2014 to, to make that jump from unranked to number one. And, uh, you know, got some teams, like you mentioned, you know, they're hovering around that top ten range this year. But you got to go on the road to do that uh, this time. They, they were able to beat LSU on the road and then came back and, and beat uh, Auburn and A&M at home. They've got to do right the reverse this year. They got the first game at home, then they go on the road to uh, to Georgia and to Auburn. So it's a tough road for Mississippi State, but if they can pull off three wins in a row like they did in 2014, uh, then Mississippi State's going to be knocking on the door in the top ten. Logan Larry, Logan, let everybody know how they can get the latest on what you cover and how they can keep up with you on social media. Uh, they can find us on uh, djournal.com. That's in dailyjournal.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Logan Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y. Logan, thank you so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Logan. Uh, all right. Continue counting you down to LSU and Mississippi State. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellavia. We'll continue a 6.05 kickoff tonight. LSU and Mississippi State. SEC football tonight right here on Tiger yes, Radio. Sir. WWL. All right. Coming up. We got a lot more to get to more on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, will be with us, and we'll get Herb's take on the LSU defense, what they did last week. Boy, in, uh, you know, the first two weeks of the season, Herb talking about take advantage of the opportunity. A lot of Tigers coming out there. Another big game last week by Devin White, and uh, Greedy Williams came up big. And he's he's become Herb. When you start getting picks like that in games, you start to get, wonder, okay, this guy, you know, ball hawk, a knack for the football to me, that's going to be an interesting night because with a quarterback like Nick Fitzgerald who touches the ball an awful lot, LSU would seemingly going to have an opportunity to be in position to make some interceptions and create some turnover tonight. What that does is you know that he has a natural act for just being around the ball at whatever point in time. And there's a natural feel also of playing that particular position. So you know he's comfortable and confident. And those two things go really hand in hand when, when you're doing anything. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. If you're comfortable and you're confident at what you're doing, you're going to be successful no matter what. So, And now you got Nick you know, Fitzgerald looking over there like, okay, man, we've got some young guys over there. I can right. take advantage of these guys. 
but wait a minute, these guys really understand what they're doing, what the coaches are asking of them, and then not only that, they can execute it. That's Herb Todd on Deke Bellavia. Two hours down and one to go. A lot to get to. Herb's analysis plus his top three keys and his prediction on tonight's game between LSU yes, and Mississippi State. Plus more from the Bulldog side of things and senior writer from TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. One hour left, then we'll hand it off to the LSU Sports Network for tonight's 6.05 kickoff, LSU and Mississippi State, tonight right here on Tiger Radio, WWF. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.